Our Gospel reading this morning is from John chapter 19, reading from verse 25. Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Dear woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, as uh, we come to this tender scene, Jesus spoke into this situation, and we pray that we will know him speaking into ours. In his name we pray. Amen. Preaching on Mothering Sunday is a bit like walking on eggshells, although many of us here have a positive experience of our mothers or of being a mother, many of us don't. And uh, on Mothering Sunday, indeed any other Sunday come to that or any other day, there are lots of regrets, broken or damaged relationships, mothers or children no longer living, inability to have children, and many other things. I not know. I don't know many of your situations, but God does. And so I want to be sensitive to whatever is your situation. Our Gospel reading this morning uh, from John 19 is about uh, the dying Jesus entrusting his mother and his young disciple John into each other's care. So please turn to page 1257. Uh, we're looking at John 19, reading from verse 25. It's clear from the passage that motherhood is about much more than being a blood relative. Uh, indeed, we could put motherhood in inverted commas here. We don't even know if John's mother was still alive. But um, you know, John and his brother James had, they obviously had a bit of a reputation, Sons of Thunder and stuff like that, so parenting them couldn't have been easy. But to John, he says, Jesus says, in verse 26, he effectively says, um, Treat my mum as if she was your mum. The actual words Jesus used uh, to John, uh, this is your mother, and to Mary, this is your son, uh, those are reminiscent of ancient adoption procedures, and Jesus would have known that. So in a kind of way, Mary is becoming a stepmother. Now if you type the word stepmother into a search engine, by far the most popular image is uh, not a positive one, it's the wicked stepmother from Cinderella. But we could equally think of, a, we could have in our minds a picture of Mary instead Actually, Jesus knew a lot about step-parents all through his life. He himself had a stepfather, Joseph, because his real father, of course, was God Almighty. But Jesus knew that real relationships are about much more than blood. Remember, he said earlier in his life that anyone who follows him was uh, like his brother and his sister, and so on. Christians sometimes use the expression brothers and sisters in Christ. If you are a Christian, then you're my brother or sister in Christ. And I hope you feel that.
Let's think about the, uh, the women and John at the foot of the cross. John describes it in verse 25. It's a harrowing scene how hard it is for any mother to have their child die. And I know that some of you here have experienced that. Um, for Mary, it was altogether worse. And we can only imagine how she might have felt. In verses 26 and 27, then Jesus sees uh, the disciple he loved. That's, his, that's John's code for himself and Mary. He thought of his mother. As he looked down from the cross, he thinks of his mother and he makes provision for her. So John took Mary into his home from this point onwards. By the way, the Roman soldiers weren't bothered, wouldn't have been bothered, I guess, about a grief-stricken woman or women and other bystanders at the foot of the cross. After all, people were meant to be close enough to a crucifixion to read the charges written on the board that was nailed to the cross. And people were meant to be... Uh, deterred and hopefully subdued by the whole horror of a crucifixion from going the same way themselves. Incidentally, we can't tell from verse 25 exactly how many people saw Jesus die. The reference here, uh, we know at least that Mary, mother of Jesus, and uh, John, were, the disciple Jesus loved, were there, and Mary Magdalene, she gets a mention too. But it actually, But Greek doesn't have convenient things like commas, and colons and semicolons and so on. So we can't tell uh, how many people are referred to here. It could be uh, could be four, could be three, could be two. Uh, we don't know. But we do know that Mary and John were both there. Now, most of us won't have anything in our lives as traumatic as that uh, death by execution. But each of us has a different family situation. All families, all lives, have their ups and downs. And at all stages in life, there are challenges. There are challenges in childhood, then into adulthood, then into middle age and older age and so on. Today, and indeed every day, always, I want to point you beyond the ups and downs of life to the God who cares more than we can know. One of the challenges that most of us face, sooner or later, is that of ageing, either ourselves or a parent, and uh, the changes, and in some ways, reduction in capacity that it brings. Uh, I learned a new word recently. Uh, I was at a, uh, a workshop, a working day, uh, with, a, uh, with some, somebody who's disabled, and he used the word uh, diminishment. Uh, as he, he's got a progressive disease and uh, he said you, you notice de capacity declining over time and diminishment was the word that he used obviously we know that people can be diminished in uh, physical capacities but that doesn't in any way uh, diminish them as a person it's important to remember that the Bible teaches that we should honour our fathers and mothers I wrote on the church blog this week uh, that uh, this command is often taken to mean young children should respect and obey their parents. Uh, and various parents have been thankful for junior churches and youth groups and things teaching that kind of thing. That's true too. Uh, but uh, I think it's more aimed actually at adults and how we should love and care for our parents as they age. In verse 27 we read that John took Mary 
into his house. Now, caring for a relative is not always easy, but it is a good thing to do, whether it's in your home, or their home, or a care home, wherever it is, it's a good thing to do, to be caring, nurturing our, our fathers and mothers, and so on. When we're small children, we're nurtured by those who care for us. But as they age, the direction of care switches around. I'm quite struck, uh, I've got in my mind at this point, something that uh, John Wyatt, who uh, some of us will be familiar with, uh, John is a medical professor, uh, and uh, we looked at his series finishing line in uh, some of the house groups a little while ago, and uh, his recent book, Dying Well, is a really good way of thinking about caring in the latter stages of life. Anyway, John tells a story about his mother, who was struck down with a particularly nasty form of dementia that went fairly quickly, and um, he found himself... Um, feeding his mum and putting a spoon towards her mouth and uh, saying open up here it comes and so on and he, as he did that he realised that his mother had done just the same thing uh, for him as a small boy and many of us have had experiences like that of course mothers do uh, lots of other things too and less nice things like wiping our bottoms and so on uh, and sometimes we might find ourselves doing some of those in reverse later in life. Care lasts to the end of life. Hospices are places offering palliative care to those with terminal illnesses and I'm conscious that that's a reality for some of you here. Uh, today hospices seem commonplace. Most towns have them in pool. We've got two. Uh, we've got Forest Holm and Lewis Manning and both of them do excellent work. Uh, but a few decades ago then care for the dying was quite a radical idea. It was started by a Christian doctor, Dame Cicely Saunders, and her basic premise was that God cares, and so we should too, right to the end of life. I want to end uh, by saying that sometimes life feels like an uphill struggle. Sometimes, of course, it feels like uh, freewheeling downhill, but often it's hard work. And mothering too is like that. Relationships in general are like that. Most families experience something like that. And life is, uh, in general, something like that. It has times of struggling uphill and times when things are easier. As a vicar, I see people at all sorts of points in life. Many of these, in some way, relate to uh, parenting and childhood. On the happy side, there are things like weddings and thanksgivings and baptisms. And on the sad side, there are things like funerals and family breakups and various sad and crisis points in life. Whether you are freewheeling downhill or struggling uphill... As I said earlier, I want to point you beyond the ups and downs to the God who cares more than we can know. I hope you'll know God with you, caring for you and for others around you in the middle of everything. Let's pray. 
Well, God, thank you that uh, you are the kind of God who cares for us. So we're sorry for the times when we've doubted that and gone wandering off and felt unloved or indeed have played a part in leading other people to feel unloved. We pray, please, that you will point us beyond the ups and downs of our circumstances. Help us not look around, but to look up and uh, see you loving us, caring for us. And we pray that this precious scene of uh, Jesus with his mother and his disciple at the cross will uh, pour something good. You'll nudge our lives through this. In Jesus' name. Amen.